Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Spiel. My name is Chris. Along with me, as always, is Parker. We just got done talking about the Emoji Movie, and thank Lord we're done with that because I can't deal with bad movies for you know very much longer. After watching a movie like the Emoji Movie, movies just seem to taste a little bit more bitter. It, it almost ruined movies for me. And before we get into today's subject. I'd like to talk about the movies that we've seen recently. Parker, what have you seen? I've seen one movie in the last week, and it was Atomic Blonde. Was it worth it? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not a John Wick movie like the trailer wants you to think. It's a lot slower than that, but it's pretty great. Every single review I've said has just said, yeah, it's pretty much John Wick, but with a woman. I mean, they're lying, but that's okay. It's the moral one of those of things where the more I read about it, I, I I read like you know Charlize Theron went through all the physical training and stuff like that. I just have so much respect for her, just going through all that, really putting in the time and the effort. Apparently, she was training for it at the same time Keanu was training for John Wick too, and apparently, like they sparred each other. And I would give literally anything to Jo to that. Oh, I would love to watch that. I that could go to almost anyone at that point. God, I would love for her to murder me with her stiletto. I gotta tell you, I, I didn't see it just because the trailer was really, really bad. It looked like one of the ones that was just kind of pandering, you know, to the audience. I was just like, oh, really? That looks awful. It's a stupid name, too. But, I don't know, I, I, I might go see it. It might be better than uh, some of the movies I've seen more recently. But Some of the I, movies you will be seeing recently. Oh, uh, well... We'll get to that in a second, but there are two movies I saw recently. Today, I had a friend over, and... What? Yeah... <laughs> You're Today, off brand. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Today I had a friend ever. She made me watch a movie called Nowhere. It came out in 1997. And it's very difficult for me to describe the plot. Uh, she just made me watch it before explaining anything. It seems to take place with a bunch of teenagers in late 90s California. Uh, one of my favorite things is they just sort of make up these catchphrases that people might have said in the 90s. Which, hey, I love that. It's actually really funny. It works really well. There's some guy, I think his name is Jason Duvall. You wouldn't know him unless you've seen him in any other movie he's been in. And <laughs> Makes sense. He, yeah. Uh, he, and he his his character's name is Dark. Oh, <laughs> and he, he's got this hair and, and his cigarette and it looks so, so dumb on him. And every single line is like this, you know? And he's got this really hot girlfriend, but she like sleeps around with everyone else. And he thinks that's kind of bogus. But he's kind of into it, because, like, roll, rolling face over here, you know? And pretty much everyone talks like that. Uh, that's that's the movie. Christina Applegate's in it. Uh, Rose McGowan has a cameo role. Um, it's pretty much the most 90s cast list I've seen in a very, very long time. It, honestly, I have to say, it wasn't bad. She kept saying, no, no, it's crazy, but it's actually a good movie. I'm like, I'm waiting for the payoff. At the very end, I'll just give away the end of this movie, because no one's going to watch this. It... 
if you've ever read Mortem- *Metamorphosis* by Franz Kafka, his his little gay lover at the end of the movie, he gets a gay lover because the guy's bisexual for some reason, uh, transforms into a giant cockroach. It just deadpans into the camera. I'm out of here. It just crawls out of the window and just cut to credits like that. That was worth it. That was worth the entire movie's runtime. I I had a very 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 good time with that. The other movie I saw, and this is one of the ones where. You know, you go into theaters and you watch a movie like Transformers Last Night or the Emoji Movie, and you start to kind of wonder, like, maybe maybe movies just aren't that good. Then you see a movie like Rear Window, 1954, one of Alfred Hitchcock's finest. Thank you to Elmo Drafthouse for showing a movie like this. I, I walk in there, and I always seem to get there, like, kind of late. Not, like, after the, this movie is a no-talking zone sort of thing. It I just go in there, and I sit down, and I was next to these two Indian girls as we're watching it, and it's it's at that first shot of Grace Kelly. And this was 1954 Grace Kelly. There are not many women in history who are as beautiful as Grace Kelly was in 1954. And it's just this solid black, and then her face penetrates the darkness and just comes into view, and they audibly gasped, oh my god, she's so gorgeous. I'm like, thank goodness people still appreciate fine art like this instead of, like, Transformers and the Emoji Movie and stuff like that. I Like, I see how much money those movies make, and I'm like, fine, people need to do something on their summer evenings. But I'm just so happy that the theater was nearly packed for an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I gotta tell you, two of the things that I remember about that movie, that, first of all, the non-diegetic, uh, I mean, sorry, all the movie in, all the music in the movie is diegetic. That's so good. Because it gets to the climax and there's no soundtrack playing. That is so well done. And I forgot, there's a lot of dark humor. Thelma Ritter is just so funny in that movie. Like, she was cracking people up. Like, genuinely. I really like that. I have to admit, kind of weird to see Grace Kelly get with someone as old as Jimmy Stewart. But apparently she was really into him. And I can buy it. I mean, because it's Jimmy Stewart at his best. And I just thought of one more movie I saw. (laughs) Because I, I, I thought about writing about this, but it's really difficult for me to write about it because as much as I know about South Korea, I'm not an expert on it, nor am I an expert on Japan. My sister got me to see a movie in theaters called Battleship Island. Battleship Island is based on a real island. Uh, boy, I, I'm happy to tell this story. Uh, Japan and Korea, both Koreas, have a very contentious history. If, if you ask a random South Korean, you know, hey, what's up with North Korea? They'll be like, oh, those are just our nutty neighbors to the north. I mean, what are they going to do? They're they're Koreans, too. We'd love to be reunited with them, but on our terms. Same thing with, like, North Korea, you know, they want it on their terms. But the people they really hate are the Japanese. And you're like, why do they hate the Japanese? They made Sony. They made Crash Bandicoot sort of thing. But not quite like that. Oh, no. There are multiple colonization attempts and multiple successful colonizations from Japan on Korea. And Japan has never owned up to it. Say what you will about America, but we owned up and said, yes, slavery was bad. It was not a good thing that it happened. We were wrong. Uh, you say we. I've uh, got some neighbors we, around I mean, here. At, at <laughs> large. At, at large. Uh, I got some bumper stickers around here you might be interested in. Oh, boy. <laughs> we have InfoWars bumper stickers around here, so my area is no better. If you want to talk about Japan's cruelty towards the Chinese and the South Korean, or at this point, just the Koreans, look no further than Unit 731, and suddenly you don't Ooh. feel so bad about Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki just because it was among the worst war crimes ever committed. And among those is uh, people would be sent to Battleship Islands, and the Koreans would be forced 
like so many hundreds of meters below the earth to mine for coal just about the worst working conditions you ever heard of and the movie starts that way it starts in like a really grainy black and white these people are just being sent so far below the earth like a mile beneath the earth you're like geez i didn't know you could get that far back in the 40s and they're, they're having a mine for coal and it's the worst working conditions a person gets crushed to death there's gas all over the place clearly unsafe clearly just basically slavery and then the movie plays its theme song, and the theme song legitimately goes. And I'm just like watching the screen in horror, and my sister and I are just like, boy, that music really doesn't fit. Similarly, we watched before the movie starts. Just a little quick aside here: they had another Justice League trailer. Wait, when does that movie actually come out? November 17th and don't no. worry there's November a hot 17th. news item about that for you later and and I, I I said out loud when it happened it was like yeah so close to Thanksgiving bring the whole family and everyone in the theater laughed and the best part is everyone in the theater was a Korean except for me and my sister and then they stood up and applauded and they said <laughs> no Mr. President you are the one unfit to lead <laughs> no Mr. President you actually call our fake news thank you to Jim Acosta I fucking uh, saw that oh my god uh actually <laughs> the heroic stand they're gonna be writing about years he from got now. actually commented by some fucking spurg wearing a lanyard 2017 owns um anyway so after that brief musical thing they got a really good child actress first of all great child actress i really liked her uh the lead actor was mark to die so anyway she i mean she's good she has to sing and dance she has to do a whole lot of stuff she has to speak japanese and korean which not easy korean i guess easy enough to learn but japanese they got like three different alphabets kanji and hiragana and katakana and something i don't know yeah, so I have to deal with all that. Uh, meanwhile, I, I, honestly, the movie, for the most part, at the beginning, is pretty good. That You set up like, your cast of characters, and you're kind of interested in what's going to happen to them. And then you realize that, as bad as Japan acted towards Korea, Korea's being kind of childish about it. And you're like, oh, well, all they did was enslaved our people and, and put us through hideous experiments and used our women as prostitutes, like... All we could do is just make a movie about it. It's like, nah, you watch the movie and you're just like, okay, kind of getting there. Like, the big climax is obviously based in fiction. They they have a giant Japanese flag and they open it up and one guy runs across it with a machete while yelling to tear it in half. And I, I bleed over to my sister and I'm like, you see that subtle symbolism? Hope you caught that one there. <laughs> uh, which they use to try to escape from the island. And the Japanese general is a screaming psychopath. And at first I'm just like, well, you know, when Americans make movies about the Nazis, we're not exactly fair to them. But look at Schindler's List, you know? Like, uh, they weren't exactly portrayed with dignity because they didn't have any. But in this, they're just like, they're practically lizard people screaming. And it's, honestly, it is a lot like a North Korean movie because it's, practically propaganda and the last part of the movie th there are a lot of things that they did really poorly the last part of the movie right before the climax they play the ecstasy of gold do you know what the ecstasy of gold is i'm not that stupid it's Thank the metallica you. song right oh my god <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ cut the episode right there <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I man. love ruining everything you enjoy so Jeez, much. Jeez, I, I can't believe I saw that, you know? Damn. I had like eight rear window jokes just ready to ruin for you. Oh, thank goodness you did. Oh, if, if you had mentioned Suspiria. 
Oh, I was going to ask which of them was related to Merlin, because you kept mentioning Transformers. Damn it. I didn't want to stop you dead in your tracks, because you would have just punched your screen. <laughs> you just hear a high-pitched scream come out, out of my throat. Uh, Suspiria was fucking awful, for what that's worth. Um, it, yeah, it's basically able to get through it. It's gorgeous, but God, I, I'm not ready for Italian horror yet. Yeah, it's... No, I... Wait, was it Suspiria? I'm thinking of? Wait, was it, wasn't it that, uh... Ashton Kutcher movie that was basically a ripoff of Rear Window. Oh, Ashton, we're thinking of very different movies. I'm thinking of Ashton the Kutcher. Uh, I mean, it might be called that. This is bad radio, but whatever. That's uh, Ashton Kutcher on this Rear Window. I'm pretty sure he was it. What about it, the Shia LaBeouf remake of Rear Window? That's that's what I meant. Yeah, Shia, I got them confused. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Called Disturbia. That's what I thought. Bum, this bum, is Disturbia. Bum, 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 yeah, Disturbia. 2007. I am so upset that they made that movie. Partly inspired so by... It was, it was such was an obvious rip-off. Even had a little Asian friend. Alright, I guess I'll have to cut this part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of little Asian friends, Spider-Man Homecoming. Wait, I want to finish about Battleship uh, Island. <laughs> this is the first time I have to Battleship cut you off. Pokemon, go ahead. Okay, the, the, last, the last thing I'll say about it is that um, it did close with an important note. That the comfort women. The comfort women are when they basically impressed upon the Korean women to become sex slaves. They almost made that child actress into a sex slave in the movie. I was like looking around like, you know, if they straight up do that, I will walk out of the theater to demand my money back. I am not, I did not pay human dollars to watch that on a screen. Uh, luckily, they, they don't make her do that. She's able to get out because she can sing and dance or something like that. I don't know. And, oh, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway... There's going to be a museum. It's like a UNESCO World Heritage Site about uh, Battleship Island at the actual Battleship Island, which is good. You know, people need to have a sense of historicity. I say that all the time, and I really do mean it. But they're not going to have any mention of the comfort women, and Japan still has denied the money to do that. And it's something that Japan should honestly be shamed into doing because they just refuse to admit any wrongdoing. It's a very serious uh, part of heritage for South Korea, and the world needs to know that these women were forced into doing something that they shouldn't have done, all for the sake of serving an enemy, but they did it to survive. So Sony has taken Bad Boys 3 off its release schedule. Oh, heaven forfend. Apparently Transformers 5 didn't get... But don't worry, because coming out in 2019 is Black and Silver. What's Black and Silver, you ask? Yeah. A spin-off of Spider-Man Homecoming featuring longtime villains Silver Sable and Black Cat. Aren't those both girls? Yeah. Oh, well, this should be... This should be actually good, I guess. Oh yeah, you'll find out. February 8th, 2019. Mark your calendar. Oh, well, it looks like I've got something to look forward to. Speaking of looking forward, you know what you can be thankful for this No, thankful for this year? What can I be thankful Justice for? League! Oh, how could I possibly forget? What a happy Thanksgiving it will be. So news came out that an early screening of the cut was described as unwatchable. <laughs> But Christopher, can I call you Christopher? Yes, please. You and I both know that's not true. Because it'll be very watchable. Because you're going to watch it. And then you're going to watch the extended cut. Oh. And then you're going to watch the sequel. And then you watch Batman. And then you watch Flash. 
and Cyborg, and Green Lantern, and Shazam, and Wonder Woman 2, and Gotham City Sirens, and Suicide Squad 2, and Nightwing, and Batgirl. How in the world every single every single syllable of that just made my frown deepen? I'm so happy I could ruin your day. And the worst part, you didn't even mention Aquaman. I just, if the next news item for you is, yeah, Aquaman has been pushed back to 2023. I knew I forgot one. God damn it. The only <laughs> one I care about is, of course, the one that doesn't make the list. Well, there are some good news, fan. though, because you remember last week I teased you about a new Terminator trilogy. Oh, And luckily, yeah. cooler heads have prevailed, and that's not going to happen. Oh, well. Yeah, just kidding. Sure. Arnold Schwarzenegger is signed on. Oh my god. But he's not playing the Terminator. Of course not. He's pudgy. He's going to play the human. That was the inspiration for the T-800. Oh, yeah. Just got the really old guy. You know, the original series, the original two, was pretty good. Well, good news. He called it Terminator 6, which means all of them are canon. 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 Including Terminator Genesis, which is one of the most confusing pieces of shit I've ever seen. Was that the one where he headbutts a helicopter? It sure is. Oh, how could I possibly forget? I refuse to. And for some reason, it's being directed by Tim Miller, who did Deadpool and nothing else. So that should be a clusterfuck of ideas. Boy, I sure hope TJ Miller does his one voice in that movie. Hope he's in there. Speaking of Deadpool... Oh man! I'm not gonna do this one because it's so yeah. fucked up. I don't want to make you feel. I don't want to make you feel bad after the last story. You <laughs> How could you make me feel worse about the girl narrowly escaping being a sex slave because she was able to sing and dance like the fucking WB frog? <laughs> that's honestly, dude. If you had seen the movie, you would have been like, "That's a really accurate approximation of of why she survives." Oh my! Hello, my baby. Oh, man. For what it's worth, she is really talented. I mean, what she has to do is not easy, but that is basically what it is. Oh, man. That fucking movie. Uh, so, is, is that the news for today? Well, despite lying to you before, I do actually have news that excites me. It okay, doesn't let's... make me want to hate myself. Alright. So, Anya Taylor-Joy, who you know as the girl from The Witch and Split, oh, is yeah, teaming up can. with The Witch director to remake Nosferatu. And I'm fucking in immediately. Huh. You know, that could, I, I could see that, you know? Because she's incredible in everything. And his weird-ass style with that kind of story. Yeah, give, you know, give it German expressionism, you know? The original Osferatu is pretty good. And then they, I think they remade it later in, like, 1979 or something like that. I thought he was really good on Spongebob. Uh, yeah, that, I was about to make that joke. Thank you for that, like, <laughs> that setup, because I knew you were yeah. going for it. Uh, oh, I've got another movie that's coming out because I saw this trailer right in front of uh, right in front of Rear Window. Which, by the way, I'm so glad that they didn't show the Ferdinand trailer. I would have, you know, picked myself and left. I was like, don't leave the beer. Um, they're remaking for what must be the 100 and billionth time uh, a little movie called Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, that looks like hot dog shit, doesn't it? Well. You see, that's the thing. It's like, I like Agatha Christie's stories. I think that she has a real gift for telling a very interesting story, especially mysteries. But, wow, way to, like, miss all the cool stuff about the original story. And I don't even like the original set. Not the original. set. There must have been, like, 50 different iterations of this stupid movie. Uh, but I saw the uh, 1970s version, 
And I thought that was okay. And when it got to the end, I was like, hey, that's a pretty good ending. That's a, you know, it's decently gruesome and stuff. And it's one of the things where I didn't see it coming. But when I watched the trailer for this new one, it's, it's not because I saw the original one. The first thing I think about is they all did it. And the worst part is the tagline is, I'm giving, I'm just ruining this movie for everyone who wanted to see it, so both of you who are listening, you know, uh, it, it's one of the ones where the tagline is, every person is a suspect. Well, okay, you just gave it away now. Yeah. And if you're at all familiar with Hercule Poirot, like, he's what? a... Uh, sorry, you sneezed. What'd you say? Uh, this is me and my French accent coming out, because I actually speak a bit of French. Uh, Hercule Poirot, I'm just going to say ah, Hercule yes, my Poirot. my favorite Dragon Ball Z character. Uh, <laughs> he's... <laughs> he's <laughs> shit. Uh, he's like one of the greatest detectives in fiction history. You know, he's better than Sherlock Holmes. He And the thing is, he's also really fastidious. You know, like, that mustache is, like, supposed to be really, like, razor thin and, like, curl up and everything like that. Might grow one just for uh, No Shape November. Just, you know, see if people get annoyed with it. And then you see Kenneth Branagh's mustache in this movie. Looks ridiculous. It looks like Kurt Russell just shaved off everything but that big-ass mustache with button chops from uh, Hateful Eight. So it, it doesn't make sense with that character. And Johnny Depp is in it. I don't know who he plays. Uh, someone, oh, Daisy Ridley's in it. She was in that um, Star... Don't you... Um, Battle Star... I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to react she, um, she played Kylo Ren or something. You know it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> we all got jokes today. I love, <laughs> I love movies. Anyway, um, she's in it. I didn't know which character she was. And the one likable part of that whole trailer is when it, the camera's just going through the train car, and you're like introducing yourself to each character. Boy, does it look bad! It's like I don't need another version of that. Come up with an original story. It's really not that hard. Yeah, I really liked, it, and then there were none. But I preferred it by its original title. I'm not going to say it out loud. It's unseemly racist. I I don't know the original title. What is it? All <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say it. Okay, fine. I was going to... Ten Little Something. I'll let you do the oh. on that one. Man. See, again, this has only actually worked out once in history where they remade the thing from another world as the thing, which, again, I won't let that go. That really is, you know, such a better version. But, you know... There's such a wealth of material out there. Just if someone made even like a TV movie of Jeff Diaz Five, it would win Emmys. You know, that's such a good story. Or, or just make something like Repent Harlequin said the TikTok man, or just anything in Harlan Ellison's. Dude, backlog. Harley Quinn's my favorite character. I'm just waiting for you to go. Speaking of Suicide Squad. No, but you're right. There's a lot of material out there. And I really hope you enjoyed that Star Wars joke. Because I've got the, your tw- summer 2018 schedule here for you. Oh. That, Let me just okay. rattle a couple of these off for you. Okay. This, how could it possibly be that bad? Avengers Infinity War. Oh, well. No, okay. Maybe I will be kind of busy next time. Untitled Han Solo Star Wars Anthology Film. Because they still don't have a name for it. Anthology Film? What the fuck? That's their shitty name for, hey, it's not one of the number movies. Oh, it's going to be like three hours long and not a single laugh. No, it'll be really good. Ron Howard makes a lot of good action movies like... Uh, Ocean's 8! The all-female <laughs> Ocean's 11! Oh my god! Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I just want to say I respect all women. 
Yeah, if there's any women listening, I will protect you. When we see The Purge 4. <laughs> oh my god, another one of these? Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, the God. Nun, a spinoff of a side character from The Conjuring 2. You gotta be kidding. Hotel Transylvania 3. <sighs> Mamma Mia, here we go again. What the fuck? The original one was Mission so- Mission Impossible 6. No, God, this is killing me. <laughs> and Barbie. And that's all that's announced now. That's a year away. Think of all the content that could be made between now and then. But most importantly, good name of content. August 10th, a movie called Meg, which is a movie about a man who has to deal with a 70-foot shark, starring Jason Statham. So I'll see you there for that one. So, shark and Jason Statham. Don't you ever fucking disrespect me like this again? How did? I, I really don't think I'll ever be able to say that Star Wars joke ever again. <laughs> Go ahead, because I skipped past X-Men, The New Mutants, and Rampage. Oh my god, you were, you were being merciful. That's... Sherlock Gnomes? Boy, there's oh. nothing else to do that weekend. I could pencil that in for you. Fantastic. That reminds me, I saw the Jumanji trailer. Boy, that looks bad enough that I can't actually watch it. You say that. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's talking about, oh yeah, Jumanji was part of my childhood, blah blah, whatever. This looks bad. This looks like really, really bad. Like, Gucci was always bad. Well, I know, but the original trailer was like kind of interesting. You're just like, well, they play like a board game and they, you know, they get sucked into the board game or whatever. Maybe that's interesting. Oh man, that the hot dumb chick gets transformed into Jack Black's body and they just play a whole bunch of, oh, Jack Black isn't a hot chick. That's, that's the joke. I bet that won't get old in a hundred minutes. Oh, it's it it doesn't look like this movie is going to be easy for anyone to sit through. And I don't know how you're right. The the rocks bubble is going to burst. But until then, we have the third and final Maze Runner movie. They made more than one of those. Yeah. I thought that was like that John Smith of Mars or whatever. I'm not going to correct you. Oh wait, it was John Carter, wasn't it? Thank you. He was. Oh, wait. I didn't want to be the one to do it this time. Why did they get that guy from Transformers to go to Mars? Oh. <laughs> you laugh it up now. <laughs> you fucking laughing. Because don't forget, a week after Justice League, I can make you see Deathwish. <laughs> Terribleblog.net, the, the film series, where it cuts to me laughing and then it cuts to me sitting in the theater for the Bratz movie. <laughs> I mean, there's a My Little Pony movie, so... I heard about that, and I still had someone say, Chris, you need to review this movie. I was just like, no, I'm not actually doing that. It'd be really funny. I'll do it with you. <laughs> you can trust me. Oh, man. I almost went to see an anime movie tonight, and then I was like, A, I'm recording, and B, I looked it up, and it was like, apparently this makes no fucking sense unless you've seen the entire series. I don't have time for that. But, uh, you know, shout out to uh, Alma Drafthouse for showing foreign movies, too. Pretty much uh, making the Angelica right near me. I don't have any reason to go there unless they're showing something I haven't heard of that isn't at Alamo. Speaking uh, of foreign movies, Pokemon the movie I Choose You in theaters November 5th. Wasn't... I thought... Jeez, these all blend together. Can you can you remember, just for a second... No. The, the chutzpah of the first movie daring to call itself the first movie. 
they've made like 20 of them, so they called their shots. Oh, they definitely did. You know, straight up sent it. Uh, they pointed to center field. <laughs> and they fucking knocked it out of the park. They went to the hospitalized kid beforehand and asked, Could you make 20 movies just for me? Why, you got it, kid. <laughs> I saw it with my friends for my birthday, and it was incredible. I saw it too, but they ran out of those Mew cards. Fuck that shit. Yeah, well, people people don't seem to understand all the difficulties that I've gone through. Speaking of, we saw Dunkirk. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of white privilege. <laughs> yeah, so Dunkirk is one of the ones where, I must have mentioned this like 20 times, but ahead of Kong Skull Island, I, which I saw in IMAX, by the way, because I have that kind of money, uh, they showed yeah. the Dunkirk trailer. It was a good like seven minute trailer, and it was loud as hell. People were like covering their ears, and it was one of the ones where I, I, I read more about it afterwards because that was more exciting than Cog Skull Island. And I read it's I like, oh, you. this this is a passion project for Christopher Nolan. Like, he, some people make like their own movies about oh whatever. It'll be like oh, fucking what was it? Neon Demon for Nicholas Reffin that or whatever. Movie that, eat my balls. Exactly. On it's record. Like, Exactly. A lot of these passion projects just really don't work out. But this is one where he's like, no, I want to do like the best possible thing I can do with Dunkirk. And, you know, I'm going to put all this time and effort and money into it. Like all those other movies like Interstellar. No, I'm just making money so I can make my Dunkirk movie. And boy, it it really was something where I'm like reading the reviews leading up to it, And they're like, yeah, movie of the year. I'm like, OK, let's see what you do. And I just want to tell the story really quick. Um Barstool Sports is uh, entering into a partnership with Dunkin' Donuts, two of my favorite brands right there. And they create something. <laughs> I really and they we we need to get some advertising on the show pronto by the way. Uh so <laughs> words I know I'm going to regret. Right, I'll contact Loot Crate. <laughs> oh no. I need your billing address, please. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I already paid enough for this. Uh I, <laughs> They, they created something called the Duncan Energy Punch, which is like a monster energy mixed with, I don't know, maybe like a coffee culotta or something. It sounds Wait, really? toxic. That sounds I, incredible. It, well, I, I don't drink uh, energy drinks. I, I, I almost never do. I bring my own energy, as anyone who's listening to this podcast can tell. And I, I, I was like, I don't know, I was, I was switching to like a different sleep schedule. So I was like, okay, I should see this so I can stay awake for Dunkirk, too. And as soon as I was like halfway done with that uh, drink, my heart was just beating out of my service, just going boom, 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 boom. I'm like, well, let's go see Dunkirk now. And I walk in there talking like Torgo the whole time, and I'm just like white knuckling my theater seats, going, oh my God, the Germans are coming. You can hear their engines beating this going on. And then like the person next to me who I've never met before is like, dude, it's just the previous, like, calm down. Like, seriously, my heart was going like throughout the entire movie. So, Kids at home, do not mix and match. You cannot combine these two drugs. Duncan Energy Punch and Dunkirk does not mix because Duncan Energy Punch just, it'll make your heart explode and Dunkirk is probably the most exciting movie, most thrilling, heart-pounding movie I've seen in theaters since Don't Breathe. Yeah, I really wanted to see this in IMAX, like, desperately, but I couldn't make it. And then in retrospect, I'm really happy I didn't because I probably would have cried. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The movie is not long. It is not even two hours. It's something like 107 minutes or something like that. And I can't even understand seeing a movie in the summer. That's not two and a half hours. Exactly. Oh, my God. Remember Fucking how long? Spider-Man was 220. I digress. I know. And you got, like, Transformers last night. That went on for, what, 245? Uh, yeah, seven hours, yeah. 
Uh, it felt like seven hours for the first five minutes. Fucking Be- King Arthur was too. I'm not. Yeah, there we go. Over here, yeah, there we go. Let's cool down after that one. Uh, meanwhile, Fuck this one uses every single second of it perfectly. I just felt like the entire time that, like, if it had been a minute longer, I might have surrendered. You know, so about the story of Dunkirk because it's so it's one of those movies where you ask your father who's really into World War II stuff to explain it to you and he gets a grave you know look on his face with a hundred yard stare he says oh, Dunkirk you know like dad you're, you're from Massachusetts you know that's not your accent he's like this is very very important it was one of the most catastrophic military defeats in history and yet as a result was one of the most significant human victories in human history. If the British had not pulled all 400,000 of their boys from those beaches and brought them home and got them all suited up to go back out to war, the Germans probably would have won World War II and we would be living under Nazi rule right now. It's one of the movies where people need to see this. People need to know their history. Now, one of the things I like about it is whenever I see a war movie, it always ends up in one of two things. It's either... Uh, God bless our troops, which this movie really doesn't do pretty much at all. It's it's more like a God bless our people, which is one of the best parts of the movie. You really get some catharsis where you see all the boats from Britain just coming in here just like, man, it's the British citizenry. They're the real heroes here. That's what I like to see. The other thing that a lot of these war movies will do that is so much more common and it happens for a reason is the war is hell sort of viewpoint which of course it is I've seen uh, what's that 1930 movie I like I'll just cut that part because I don't uh, remember excuse it. Excuse me? Like, there's, a, there's a 1930 there's movie. Is someone else in the room with you while you're asking me about a movie not made in 2004? Like? Oh, yeah. it's Sorry. I uh, cut it. The 1930 movie. You can leave all, it, actually. It's fine. I'll just remember it. The 1930 movie, All Quiet on the Western Front, that got this whole thing started off saying, War is hell. We've seen Full Metal Jacket. We've seen Platoon. We've seen Apocalypse Now. We've seen Saving Private Ryan. We know that war is hell. What of it? What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do despite it? That's what's far more interesting. Now, let me get this straight. For a PG-13 movie, Dunkirk definitely portrays that war is not a fun time. These people have to go through so many trials and tribulations just to try to get off the stinking island. And it doesn't look like anyone's having a fun time at all. But it's not portraying it as war as hell. It's, it's, it's moving beyond that saying, despite war being hell, we have to fight it just to save the world. You got Mark Rylance in there, former Academy Award winner, going in there and he has to save a soldier who was previously on Dunkirk and he says, I, I won't go back, I can't go back. Actually, kills a kid over it. And he says, if we don't go back, there'll be nothing to go back to. That, I thought, was a very powerful line. Uh, speaking of Tom Hardy, I want to get your thoughts on Tom Hardy in this movie. I mean, his eyes were incredible. That's the. That's, that's all a, I have to say about that. That man acts with the top half of his face better than anyone else I know. If the, tell you what, this is a third movie I've seen with him wearing a mask. You saw him in Dark Knight Rises. You see him in Mad Max Fury Road. You see him in Dunkirk. This guy likes to hide his face or something. Maybe he's in deep with the mob. Just saying. Just putting it out there. You heard it here first, folks. He's just teasing me because he knows I just want to see those big juicy lips of his. Now here's the really embarrassing part. <laughs> I straight up didn't know it was him until he took the mask off. I feel like my Asperger's caused me to know that because I can't just enjoy a movie without studying it. 
my the, it's so embarrassing to me because I usually recognize people not off their faces but off their voices. Like I don't know if you caught it, but there's a very obvious cameo role from Michael Caine as uh, one of the people who's communicating to Tom Hardy, and you can tell it's Michael Caine because well, you got the cherries coming in there. You might as well check your six o'clock. And he's That's just the he's only just, reason you brought that up, so you could do the accent. I didn't even do Jesus it well. Shit. I've I've done I've done better ones before. It's like there was a businessman on it down in Burma, and he's he's just talking like that the entire movie. And yeah, every he's single so thing great in Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about him in The Muppet Christmas Carol, but okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, also in Jaws Four, which uh, if true Michael Caine fans will know what he's all about. <laughs> Wait a um, second! I just realized you said you didn't recognize him. But you saw The Dark Knight Rises three times in theaters, Chris. How could that be? Listen, we all have a past. <laughs> I'm so glad I get to hold this over you I forever. am so ashamed. I really <laughs> am. Uh, regardless, he's good. Uh, Harry Styles of One Direction Fang. Uh, sorry. Let's try that again. Harry Styles of One Direction fame, which you and I are both really big fans of One Direction, uh, saw him in here, mm. and I have to tell... I didn't see any difference between him and everyone else he was around. I couldn't tell anyone apart. All white people look the same. Yes, I still cannot tell you who Harry Styles is in that movie. Uh, he should have saying like, that's what makes you beautiful or something like that. Maybe I'll put that in the background or something like that. Regardless. Uh, if you um, do that, I'm going to keep adding in my phenomenal one Harry Styles wrestling jokes. And you're just going to have to edit around it despite you. Oh, fantastic. Uh I have to tell you, I, I love almost everything about this movie. It immediately, okay, shameful admission, but when I saw Dark Knight Rises, I was extremely yes. excited, and yes. I put it high on my favorite movies of all time list. And You say after, high, does high mean the highest? No, it meant number two. Oh, what beat it out? Army of Darkness, because nothing's taken that off the list. That's fair. But... I, I knew better, so I did some critical appreciation, some deep introspective, looked at, looked at myself in the mirror and read some internet opinions, and I was like, really isn't that good. So, it's... But Chris, why didn't you just tell them your name was Robin? Get it? Get it, audience? Look, I, you know, maybe <laughs> it was like they were going to make another movie or Anyway, I, I, I was like, okay, obviously I was too hyped on it. And the same thing happened when I came out of Mad Max Fury Road. I was just like, maybe I'm a little too high on this, so I had to go see it a couple more times in theaters. That one stayed where it was. I I can't say a bad word about Mad Max Fury Road. I love that movie. I, I really do. So that one stayed up there. Same thing with Handmaiden. And now, same thing with Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah, same thing with Rogue One. <laughs> No, not Rogue One for me. I didn't say that was good. Don't I? I am not that easily misled. I I'm got just standards. giving you. Oh fuck you! How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were going into something. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I didn't know you were being serious with that. You actually like uh, Rogue One, but you are a Star oh, Wars. I did indeed, because so like I have garbage taste and I'm a child. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Adat walkers and they go pew 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 pew, and Darth Vader is like, I'm 26. <laughs> was Yoda in it? How dare you? You know good and goddamn well he's not in it. <laughs> no, I'm the, it's not really a Star Wars movie, is it? Unless they have that guy with the pointy ears, Spock, in there. Um, anyway, it's one of those movies where oh, Dunkirk, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do this the entire time. You're going to take it on the chin, bitch. Uh, That's Dunkirk, fine. I got some notes for you. <laughs> oh, God, no. Dunkirk immediately entered into something like my top 20 movies I've ever seen because it is one of those ones where, I hate it when people say this, but it does apply here. 
that it is much more than a movie. It felt like a real experience. It felt like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I endured that entire movie. As soon as I got home, I, I had to go buy the soundtrack because it's so good. You hear that ticking watch and it's the most exciting thing that you've ever heard. I really do love the soundtrack so much. All the time and effort they put into it, the acting is perfect, the writing is perfect, the cinematography is perfect. And this is just about everything that I love in a movie. Now that being said, People say, oh, it reached like, I don't know, in your top 20 movies you've ever seen. Why didn't it go even higher? Well, this is a movie where I have a lot of trouble saying that I enjoyed it. And when I say that, it's like saying, yeah, I really love Schindler's List or I really love Selma. It's a subject material that's not easy to for you to say, oh, yeah, big fan of uh, civil rights marches or, yeah, big fan of the Holocaust, you know? I mean, again, I, I love La Vita Bella. It's one of the best Holocaust movies I've ever seen. But it's really hard to say, yeah, you know, I want to sit down, relax, maybe crack open a beer, get the wife in the arm, and put on a Holocaust movie. Because this is a movie light the that... candles. We're going to watch Last House on the Left again. <laughs> yeah, see? Th this is one that's very easy to relax to. But then again, I got one like Silence of the Lambs even higher. That's not a very so relaxing good. movie. I love that movie. It's Incredible. This is a movie where I, maybe I don't want to relax when I see it. This is something where I have to see it and really understand it. I mean, it's the same thing with Don't Breathe. Like, I enjoyed it a lot, but that's not going to be on in the background a lot because it makes my butthole tighten. It makes me start sweating and clenching my fists and breathing heavy. Then I'll send the doorbell rings. I scream. I start crying. It's not good. It's not a good time. I do that whenever any human being starts talking to me. But that's a good comparison point that... You know, Don't Breathe is not an easy movie to to sit through. You really do have to be engaged for it. You can't just have it on in the background because it is such a stressful movie to get through. Same thing with Dunkirk. I honestly, I have to warn people who have anxiety issues or trouble breathing or something like that. This is not the movie for you. Stick to the emoji movie. I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming or Baby Driver or Atomic Blonde because th this one might kill you. It's it, This is a really, really intense movie. Hey, Chris, guess who has two thumbs and one of his biggest fears in life is drowning? Ooh, it's boy. this guy. Oh, save. That is just so difficult for me. And That torpedo uh, scene, I honestly thought, like, I might have to get out of here. I can't. I can't do this. I cannot do it. Oh, that part where, oh, not just that one, that was, that was a big one, but for me, when that guy was in, in the plane and he had to use the butt of his gun to bash his way out of his, uh, out of his cockpit. Yeah, like, I watch a shit ton of horror movies. And they, they like they're pretty creative with like horrific ways to die. That dude underwater, running out of breath and having to come up into the fire to gasp for breath. It's like, oh, that's my worst fear. There it is, right there. I just yep. saw it on a massive screen with the loudest, most horrifying soundtrack I've ever heard. Great, my life's ruined. Oh, speaking of, if you guys want some intensity, you guys want to sweat to the oldies. This is what you do. You take the song "Supermarine" from the soundtrack of Dunkirk. You put it on your running playlist. Holy shit, you're going to drop 40 pounds. But the entire time you're running, you're going to be looking over your shoulder for those gunners. I mean, can we just talk about the way the movie opens? Because waste zero time. Oh, I yeah. almost fucking jumped out of my chair. It scared the shit out of me. Oh, yeah. So man. much so my voice cracked just talking about it. <laughs> it's it's one of those where you get that guy. He's just walking through there, and the movie immediately lets you know what kind of movie it is. It does not play around. As soon as you hear those gunshots, you're like, okay, this is the kind of movie it is. He's got to keep on moving. And boy, is it loud. It is a loud movie. It's one of the ones where people who have been in war tell you about the one thing that people don't seem to understand is just how loud it is. So, 
Christopher Nolan took that into account. He's like, okay, I want to, I want to do this right. You know, I want to have a sense of authenticity and a sense of consistency about this. So he made it loud as hell. He really mixed up the sound here, and he brought in some of these ninety-year-old vets who were actually at Dunkirk and brought them into the movie theater. He's like, okay, I want to see what you guys think about it. They loved it. They said it was yeah, super accurate. So for all these people saying, oh, it wasn't accurate. I'll get into that later. You know, these people who were actually there said, yeah, it was really accurate, except for one thing: the sound was somehow too loud in the movie. Now, yeah, that I tells agree. you just how loud it is. Because every single time they're up in the air and you hear the dunk, 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 and you're just like, okay, jeez, I don't ever want to go to war. Just because it's too loud, guys. Yeah, you say you don't know if it would go higher in your top 20. I think I agree, because, like, how do you replicate this at home? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a really important point. That's why I, I was trying to get you really hard. See this in theaters. This is not something that you can go see at home because you will knock down your walls. The neighbors will go nuts if you watch this movie the way it's supposed to be. Unless you have some big-ass headphones like I do and you listen to it on full blast, you, people really need to understand this is a loud movie and it has to be loud. This isn't something where it's like Lord of the Rings or whatever where you can just you know put it on and be like, oh yeah, the ring rates are coming on and they're screaming and that sort of thing. No, no, no. The movie is supposed to make you uncomfortable. That's the whole point of it. God, I saw this for my birthday. I turned myself <laughs> to a 100-minute panic attack nonstop from go. It could have been worse. Because if you remember, it's literally studio logos, black screen, just says Dunkirk, and then it just starts. It's that opening scene, the paper's flying, gunshots go off, and then you just never stop running and never stop getting barraged by bullets. And Oh, my God, I'm sweating. I, can't, I cannot do this movie again. It really does feel, to me, a lot like Mad Max Fury Road, where it's these points of intensity followed by short moments of reprieve, a chance for you to catch your breath. That being said, I think Mad Max Fury Road is a better movie overall. I think it, it tells a, a bit of a more cohesive narrative here. Well, whereas, I can name a character in Fury Road. That's a good point. Yeah, I actually don't know anyone's name in this, although I kind of like it that way. I, I kind of like not knowing any of their names. I also like the fact that I never saw any of the Germans. Be, and people have complained about that. I've actually got complaints of like, you never actually see the Germans, so you don't know how bad they were. It's like, I, I'm alive in 2017. I got a pretty good idea. Put Part of the movie, the reason they do that is put yourself in these people's shoes for a second. They didn't see the Germans either. They were getting potshotted the entire time by these people flying by. And one, one of the other things that people complain about is the, you know, the inconsistencies is the, a big number here. 400,000. Yes, there were 400,000 people on the mole of Dunkirk. You know what? Christopher Nolan can't hire 400,000 extras in control of them. That's so stupid. And it's like, oh, you could use CGI, put them all in there. Yeah, that would be incredibly distracting. Christopher Nolan would spit in your face if you told him to use CGI people. Ex yeah, it, it, and even then, it'd just be too. It would actually be too many people looking. It was like, oh, that's what actually happened. Yes, of course it did. But these people were also getting transported off of the mole of Dunkirk. People didn't pay attention to the first part of the movie before anything else. After the studio logo, they put on people on the island or on the beaches of Dunkirk were there for what was it, a week, a month, something like that. Up in the air for an hour on the boat, it was a day. This is a movie where you really have to think. You have to be quick on your feet, putting together, okay, they're up in the air, it's an hour. They're up, they're down on the water, it's a day. They're on the beach, it's a week to a month. It's 
it's something where you do have to, you know, kind of juggle temporal periods. And they do that for a reason, and they do it incredibly well. This is something where, in his other movies, doesn't do it quite as well. Like, sometimes the prestige is a little bit hard to follow. Sometimes uh, Memento can be a little bit hard to follow. You have to, okay, now he's doing this. This one, he does it perfectly. I love the way that he does it here. That being said, of course you don't see 400,000 people there because they weren't all taken off at once. They were taken off in waves there. Some people were left behind, just like sitting ducks. That's part of the cruelty of Dunkirk. That's part of what actually happened there. That's what leaves you with so much pity for these people. Yeah, I don't understand wanting to see them. Like The whole point is at any point when someone's talking, gunshots go off. You don't know where it's coming from, and it's just a nightmare. Like It's the entire tension of the movie for me. I can't believe people are like, oh, you didn't see any Germans. Well, you know who's doing it. You know who's pulling that trigger. Well, it's hard to imagine in 2017 what kind of violence Nazis can create, you know? It's really yeah, well, hard to stretch and just imagine what could happen. Well, it's a good thing that we have, as a, as a species, just put Nazism all behind us. So we'll never see that again. Thank goodness. Oh, yeah. Imagine if that came back. Re- regardless, I don't want to get to other people in their itty-bitty complaints about this because those don't even mean anything. Even if that was a problem, it wouldn't build up at all because the movie does everything else well. Tom Hardy in that plane, he's trying to get to Dunkirk. He's trying to shoot down all the Germans there. I like that he's not some elite shot and, you know, it takes him some time to actually line them up, although that is one of the last parts of the movie is actually pulling that trigger. But when his clock breaks, it's like the fuel gauge or whatever, and he has to, like, time it out with a pencil... Holy shit, I was so stressed out. Yeah, I think of the three different storylines, the air one was the hardest to follow for me. But then he got Tom Hardy's eyes, so it didn't really matter. Oh man, and then he finally goes down there. Uh, I gotta tell you, this movie had one of my favorite ending shots of all time. So, they're reading Winston Churchill's words about it. It's like, yes, it was a military defeat, but we will build ourselves up back better and stronger than ever before. And... It goes in, uh, it's like a slow zoom of Tom Hardy's aircraft that's just in flames. It's slow zoom, and they're like, oh, they're just going to end it there. That's going to be a really good shot. And then it quickly, very quickly, cuts back to the kid who is reading that newspaper on the train. And he finishes the speech. He closes the newspaper, and again, very quickly, looks out the window. That right there says so much. I, I got to tell you, it's one of those things where a shot says a million words, I don't even need to say any words about that. You watch that movie, and you feel a rush of colliding emotions as soon as you see that ending shot. Yes, the famous Winston Churchill speech, as made popular by Iron Maiden. <laughs> I told you I'd get you back, you cock. Oh, man, I deserve that, don't I? <laughs> now, what I wrote here, this note that really speaks to me deep in my soul, is that I see all these garbage action movies, and I'm used to not caring about any of the action because... It's all the same. The character is usually nothing. You have this movie where I cannot name a single person, but my b-hole was rocked hard tight for 90 minutes the entire time. Like, I don't understand. How is he so good at movies? And if he does not win Best Director, I'm burning something down. It's really important to me because Christopher Nolan in the past has gotten a lot of undeserved sticks, sort of for what his movies people have seen is like oh it's just a popcorn movie it didn't have any deeper meaning and to an extent i can sort of agree with that i don't know that you know the dark knight had any sort of extra meaning i know the dark knight rises didn't after 
some inside speculation. Yeah, we could have a discussion. Yeah, I guess we could. Your real thoughts. Yeah, but you know, the Dark Knight, you know, maybe is just like chaos versus whatever else, and the Prestige is was really just a setup for a twist. Same thing with Memento, which is also about revenge, but. Inception was one where it really got to me because people say, oh, it's just a popcorn movie. It didn't have any sort of deep meaning, you know, stuff about dreams and stuff. I might agree, but for the fact that we know about Christopher Nolan's professional journey at that point, I think that movie was a bit of a metaphor for what he was trying to do. You know, you go deeper and deeper into some of these dream sequences, and it was about his sort of interpersonal struggle about if he wanted to do these straight action movies that just make him a whole lot of money in theaters, get him fame and attention, or if he wanted to go a little bit more artsy with some of his stuff. And that's a movie that did make me think about it. Now, I haven't seen Interstellar, so I guess I can't comment on that yet. Uh, to his shame, I think the worst movie that Christopher Nolan was ever involved with was Man of Steel. Didn't he help like produce that or something, or help write it? Um, I mean, I think he was a producer. I think he helped get all that I, stuff I, up I, and running. I, I don't want to be wrong, so let me look up Man of Steel. I mean, have you tried to get through Insomnia? That is a... It's not bad, but boy, it is slow. Is, is that one of his earlier movies? Yeah. With... Isn't it Robin Williams and Al Pacino or something weird like that? It's been a long time since I tried to watch it. Okay, this is, this is how it Because Batman was. wasn't in it, so I couldn't finish I'm sorry. Christopher Nolan did indeed produce Man of Steel, so shameful, shameful. Because I think the guy who wrote the all three of the Dark Knight movies with them wrote Man of Steel. And David S. That Goyer. That dude is such a shit show. Yeah, if you look at his list, you'll realize that all of his good scripts were done by good directors, and mm-hmm. all of his bad movies were done by literally everyone else. Yeah, uh, so I can't fault Christopher Nolan too much for the story of uh, Man of Steel because he only wrote half of it. He he wrote the story along with David S. Goyer, and then David S. Goyer wrote the screenplay. So all the bullshit in, in uh, Man of Steel, I can really attribute to Zack Snyder and David S. Goyer, but I'm not going to go too hard on uh, Zack Snyder for obvious reasons. But, man, I gotta tell you, I didn't like Man of Steel at all. When it fucking Kevin Costner saying, oh, maybe you should let those kids die. It's kind of cool. Oh my god, that tornado scene. <laughs> yeah, wait, now. Nah. I I'm done. Trying. I gotta go. <laughs> I keep trying to give it a chance, but I just cannot force myself to care. That dumb idiot movie for stupid babies. Anyway, Dunkirk was actually good, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, the writing was so sparse. There's not a whole lot of dialogue. This is something where this could have been all in French, and it still would have been just as good, you know? Like, you don't need to know exactly what you're what they're saying. You're just enjoying it the entire way through. I really like the way that they handled the, the death of that little kid because you feel so bad for him. And, I mean, part of you, you know, really hates the guy who was responsible for his death, but... They don't even go in on him because he's shell shocked, and it's like that's an important thing that people need to know about. Is it Cillian Murphy? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, that sounds like a British name. Well, you've seen him before. He was Scarecrow in the prequel to your favorite movie, Batman Begins. Wait, was he actually? He's also in Twenty Eight Days Later. I think. God, I hope I'm right. I'm gonna Hold sound on. real dumb. Cillian Murphy. Let me let me actually he's like look. Never in anything big, but he's always good in whatever he shows up in. He is he, honestly, I, I think the guy's a pretty good-looking actor. And he was in the Inception, of course. Yeah, he was a scarecrow in the Dark Knight trilogy. Boy, he's a weird-looking fucker, isn't he? Um, he was in. He was in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, that sounds like. A Apparently, blast. that's a good Netflix show, but I 
I don't have time for Netflix shows. I don't. Yeah, me I either. have to spend my time filling my brain with Shazam's origin story, or whatever. I am so sorry. My life's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, no, he was. He was not actually in fucking uh, Dunkirk, but he could have been. Wait, what? Cillian have I Murphy just been living this lie this whole time. Cillian Murphy was not in Dunkirk. I'm stopping everything. Oh wait, no, he didn't win an award for it. Never mind. Film something. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. A, that was. How did you yeah, see that? And I didn't. Oh my god. Autism. We've been over this. I have what the French call l'asperger. <laughs> You've been waiting to use that avenue since episode one. Oh I man. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't see that. That was Cillian Murphy the whole time. Oh, I feel like and an like, idiot. You look at those top four movies, and they're all great. But that's all he shows up in. I don't understand. Well, you know, he's picking his shots. You know. Oh, he was in Free Fire. Free Fire is a really fun movie, by the way. It's like a quick 80 minutes. You should check that out. He might like it. Or maybe not, because a lot of people seem to hate it. It's a weird one. Yeah, one There's of the... so many instances of, oh god, this music, oh god, Jesus, please stop. Which, by the way, I, that, that soundtrack really should win the, the Academy Award, you know? I, I don't know what else could possibly take it over. Awards. Honestly, I really picture. think it should. It's not going to get... So for it's going to lose to Wonder Woman. For the longest time, I thought that... <laughs> Jeez, you're right, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, man, they really will do that. I mean, how many women were in Dunkirk? That's what I thought. Checkmate, liberals. <laughs> take um, that. It's, it's, it's a movie that I do think is just about the best I've seen all year in virtually every single regard. I mean, they're not going to win uh, best leading actress or even best supporting actress or even best supporting actor i guess unless they unless they decide to give the award to tom hardy's eyes but i, well, I, I could give want... it to mark rylance whose dragonites were a real motherfucker to beat in the elite four i've been waiting 20 minutes to hit you with that <laughs> i was about to just do the oh shit looks like my wi-fi crapped out oh man i hope you can still hear me look you challenged me, and this is what happens. Yeah, well, I, can't, I spoke about that. He could beat dragons. Anyway, uh, <laughs> fucking damn, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> that wasn't even in the notes. I thought of it when he said his name. I was like, if that motherfucker comes just, up again. You son of a bitch. Anyway. I'm trash. I deserve the misery I live in. <sighs> anyway, they also use really good effects in this movie, which is another thing that kind of compares it to Mad Max Fury Road. The extensive use of practical effects is something I like. One thing I want to mention is we both met on a forum called End of the Internet, and it's, you know, we still frequent every once in a while to talk about football and do practically nothing else. It's really just a dead forum. They, they had a topic dedicated to Dunkirk, and they said, yeah, Dunkirk actually sucked. I'm like, oh, why do I click these topics? And they had, like, the worst criticism. They're complaining about the fact that they, you don't actually see the Germans, and straight up tell me it's not exciting. What's wrong with you? Like, straight up, there's got to be something wrong with you if you don't find this exciting. You know? I mean, you strayed from the football topic. That's entirely your own fault. That is entirely my own fault. I almost never do it, but, you know, this is what I get. It, it could be worse. I could go into, like, a politics topic. Take that, libtards. Oh, every Page single time. one of 47. It's, it's you know, the, the tag, Red Hats will defend this, should really just be changed to Red Hats will defend anything and everything. Because <laughs> they will. Ugh. Oh. Can we agree, though, that the most insane part about this movie is that it opened at number one? 
Yeah, you know what? It honestly is because I, this isn't one that I thought would do it. I mean, part of it is probably is like Christopher Nolan carries a movie like this. I don't know what he's going to do next, but I'm definitely going to see it. Obviously, he's he might be one of my favorite working directors right now, along with Park Chan Wook. He's got to be up there. I mean, I haven't seen Interstellar because I heard it was okay, and then I saw it was three hours, and I decided to not do that. Well, but, you I mean, know, everything else is even Dark Knight Rises, which I really do not love like i'm not gonna say it's a bad movie that's just straight ignorant honestly i i do like that movie i i really i think it's a good movie in fact i watched I, it once had a bad reaction to it and haven't gone back yet oh well you know i watched it a lot of times as you may have heard oh, dude, how many times did you see it <laughs> let's let's move on i you know as far as working directors go uh steven spielberg's gonna make ready player one i can't tell how i feel about that I've heard terrible things about the book. Yeah, I've heard awful. Like, hey, remember this? Yeah, and I, I heard don't. Because I was really born in 1990, so I don't fucking care. <laughs> I I have heard not great things about that movie, so we'll have to deal with that one as it comes. Um, you know, it, I I looked up what's coming up next, and it's kind of a dry period now for upcoming movies. So it's one of the ones where we could talk about almost anything. You know, we could talk about our favorite Hitchcock movies or perhaps Francois Truffaut or, you know, maybe we could go on to Federico Fellini or one of my favorites is Akira Kurosawa because, you know, samurai movies are something that I bet if you just gave them the proper time and effort, you'd really be into them. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. We're going to watch a big dumb monster movie. (laughs) 